Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. What a great day it is to be together. It is certainly not the day of worship we planned months ago, but it is a great reminder that God is with us wherever we are and we can worship. And that's my prayer for us this morning is that you would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever you are. Now, I don't know about you, but these past few weeks have been a time of growth and change. In our house, we've had to learn all sorts of new things. We've learned how to do teleschool and telework and telepiano and telespeech therapy, things I never even would have thought of. And then there have been a lot of emotions that have come with that. There have been times of fear Fear because my grandmother is in the hospital. Fear because my dad works in healthcare. Fear because there's just so much unknown. And then in the same breath, I can tell you that there has been times of joy. Just being with my family and spending quality time has brought joy. Watching my oldest son learn to ride a bike has brought joy. And then there have been times of resurrection. My workout routine has been resurrected. My love for cooking and trying new recipes has been resurrected. My relationship with the magic eraser has been resurrected. Did I mention that I'm quarantined with a two-year-old? But these moments of resurrection have brought hope because they remind me of new life, even in the midst of chaos and fear. And they remind me of the ultimate hope that we have in Jesus' resurrection. And last week, Jeff talked about what it means to live resurrection. This is what we're called to as followers of Christ. We are called to be Easter people, resurrection people, not just on Easter Sunday, but every day. And so today we're going to continue to look at living out the resurrection, but we're going to focus on our response to resurrection. Now, responding to things is not always easy. Take my newly resurrected workout routine, for instance. Last week, I was in an online training session, and the trainer said, when I ask you to do something, I expect you to respond. Now, I know he couldn't see me, but I felt so seen. How did he know I was gonna slack on the next set? I was tired. But then I got thinking about what he said and I realized he's right. There's no point in me working out if I'm gonna do it half-heartedly. And I'm not just gonna talk about working out. I know I have to put in the work for it to make a difference. It's good for me and because I believe it will make me stronger, I'm gonna put my work into action. Responding to resurrection is not easy either, but it's incredibly important to think about, especially during this Easter tide time in our Christian year. Easter tide is the 50 days in between Easter and Pentecost. And it's a time where we really hone in on what the resurrection means. And two weeks ago, when we read the story of the first Easter, I was particularly drawn to the disciples and how this time 
was for them. You see, after Jesus' death, they were sequestered away together. They were fearful. They had lost every dimension of community. Does this sound familiar? It wasn't until the resurrection and the newly alive Jesus enters in that their life is regathered and community restored. And it's interesting to me what Jesus says to them then. Three different times he says to them, peace. And this was more than just a greeting. This was meant to be an assurance. And in the end, it's a summons to new life, to belief, a life of faithful, obedient living. Living our beliefs through our actions is our response to resurrection. Both last week and this week, we have been looking at the letter of 1 John. And Jeff mentioned last week that it was believed to be written to refocus people on the real meaning of resurrection because people had been coming up with their own meaning, meanings and rewriting the gospel. And the writer wants to make sure that we get the message right. This is a wake-up call to get people to refocus on how we are supposed to live as followers of Jesus. It's interesting to me that more than one person has said to me during this pandemic time that even though it has been hard, it has been a time for them to refocus on their faith and the things that are really important. And so now we will take time to focus on scripture and what is really important and how we are called to live as followers of Jesus. Our scripture passage today is 1 John 3, 16 through 18 and verses 23 and 24. But before we read, let's pray. Holy God, we thank you for this morning, for your words of holy scripture. In whatever space or place we might be, Help still us, Lord. Calm our hearts and our minds. Open our eyes to what you want us to see. Open our ears to what you want us to hear. And open our hearts to receive it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen now for the word of our Lord. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, help us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. All who obey his commandments abide in him and he abides in them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage is beautiful. The writer learned about love from Jesus. The writer saw Jesus' love in action. And this is his conclusion. Let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. The love of Jesus is love in action. This love is not just eating with sinners or feeding people with loaves and fishes. In verse 16, scripture tells us, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us, and we should also lay down our lives for one another. 
as beautiful as this passage is, it is equally challenging. There is a great devotional app called She Reads Truth, which is currently doing a study on 1 John, and they just recently looked at this passage, and the author said something that I think we might be able to relate to. The author says, I don't know about you, but the kind of love I'm willing to offer is this. I'll help you move into your apartment. I'll even let you choose the restaurant, but that's for my friends. But in Romans chapter five, we're reminded that Jesus died while we were still sinners. Jesus didn't just die for his friends. He died for all of us. He died for those that betrayed him and those that denied him. He died because of his great love for us. Love is hard. Real love means real sacrifice and compromise. Jesus is our example of love in action. He literally laid down his life for us. The resurrection of Jesus is what unites us to God. It's where our identity as children of God is found. This is the very core of who we are as followers of Jesus. We don't just live the way Jesus taught to be nice people. We live this way as a response to Jesus' sacrificial love for each of us. We respond to resurrection by living out our faith and our beliefs in our lives, more than in words or speech, but in truth and action. And in this passage, it's clear what action we are called to. We are called to love one another as Jesus loved us. What does this look like? The best example I have seen is through my cousin Shannon. He lived out this passage in his everyday life, and he has been a great example to me. Shannon had a passion for life and lived with no fear. And in his younger years, that got him into trouble. But later in life, that passion was put to good use. He was passionate about people and he loved them. He wanted people to live into the purpose God had for their lives. He loved people so much that he had all the people important to him tattooed in sleeves on his arms. And on the streets of Los Angeles where he lived, he was known as the pastor because he pushed people to reconcile their broken relationships and the broken places in their lives. And he encouraged people to be the best that they could be. On December 2nd, 2015, he was in his work at San Berner in San Bernardino, California. You probably heard news of what happened that day. A coworker of his initiated an attack on his office and 14 people were killed. Shannon was one of them. But Shannon lived out his passion and love for people, even in the face of death. Shannon was sitting next to another coworker, Denise. And as they crouched on the ground, Shannon put his arm around Denise and he said, I got you. He shielded Denise from the bullets. Because of Shannon's love for people and his sacrifice, Denise lived. He laid down his life for another. 
We had his funeral back here in Georgia and Denise came. She suffered injuries and the funeral was only 10 days after the attack, but she still came. And when I was talking with her, I let her know how grateful we were that she was there. And she looked at me and said, I had to be here. And as we continued to talk, she shared that she wanted to live a life like Shannon did. Shannon demonstrated love in action, and Denise is living her life as a response to that. Thinking of Shannon is a really good reality check for me. Am I truly loving others as Christ has commanded me to do? Sometimes we think that that's a kind of love that only Jesus could have. But we're not off the hook. Before Jesus died, Jesus calls the disciples to show one another that agape kind of love, that unconditional love that Jesus showed them and that God shows through humanity through Jesus. This type of love he showed the disciples, Aristotle and Thomas Aquinas later defined as love that wills another's good. Love that wills another's good. This is countercultural. We live in a self-centered world. We have iPads, iPods, iTouch. Everything is centered around us and our own well-being, not that of others. Yet that is exactly what Christ calls us to do. But I don't think we can do this on our own, and I don't think Jesus thought that either. The last verse in our passage today says, All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. Abide means to remain or dwell. And when we open our hearts to the transforming love of Jesus and allow Jesus to dwell in our hearts, it is then that we can love others the way that Jesus calls us to. And we can respond to the resurrection Right now, in this time, it's no different. We may have to get creative with how we love others. We may have to love others from a distance, but we are still called to put our love into action. And we are doing that as a church. We are constantly seeking ways to put love into action, whether it's putting meals together for our neighbors in need or creating CDs of worship for those that don't have internet access or praying with people over the phone, or creating virtual community. We are about putting love into action. And I invite you to be part of this loving community that is responding to resurrection. My cousin Shannon gave his life for another. Jesus gave his life for all others. Jesus very much puts his arm around each one of us and says, I got you. Let us rest in that truth. Let us abide in God's love, and then let us respond. Denise responded to Shannon's love. She had to be there. It was her response to the love Shannon showed her, and she wanted to honor him through her actions. Let us honor God and respond to the resurrection by loving others as Christ loves us. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for this time to worship together. And Lord, we thank you 
for your love for each one of us. Lord, help us to continue to respond to your resurrection by putting our love into action and loving others as you love us. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.